This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Paul Bunyan Country. Well, we're checking in with Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. He is one of the people who are still on the water, who's not in the woods or not shooting ducks or not, you know, um, in the trails. He's on the water fishing. Jason, great to have you back on the show. It's great to be back, Kev, and you're right. I, I really don't hunt. I used to when I was a kid. But I just love being on the water so much that that's where I'd prefer to be. It's nothing against hunting. I mean, that's part of our, our heritage around here. Uh, you look at the opening of deer season, it's like a national holiday or the Super Bowl. It's a celebration. Uh, but not so much for me in terms of being in the woods. I'd rather be on the water. And you have uh, continued to be on the water. In fact, I just you know saw the picture yesterday. You uh, decided to go out, and it's a good thing you did. That's quite a beast. <laughs> That was a big fish. It was a 29-and-a-half-inch walleye. But I, I honestly wasn't going to go. I didn't have a guide trip. And now with the amount of daylight after school hours, because I'm a school teacher, uh, you, you only get in a little bit of time. But the reason I went is our, our high school science teacher, uh, Kevin Longton, needed some fish. In fact, what he needed were fish heads specifically because the, the class is removing the otolith, which is a bone inside the fish's head, that you can age the fish. You can look at the rings on the otolith bone just like you can rings on a tree, mm-hmm. and you can see how old the fish is. So I kept, I kept some walleyes of various sizes, and um, I was just about to leave it. It was to that point of the evening where you, need, you really should put on your boat lights. <laughs> and I know a lot of anglers... They have the same situation. They go, well, I could put on the boat lights and stay another hour, or I could just leave. Well, I was at the point of, well, I think I'm just going to leave, and I got the bite. 29-and-a-half-incher, 27 feet of water. It fought, honestly, in the top three feet of the water column the entire time. It came right up to that, right up to the surface, and took me around the boat two times. And I was by myself, so of course netting that fish, it was kind of like, is it going to stay on? And it did, and what a great highlight. So here's a question, here's an odd question for you. Beautiful fish, I mean, and a great picture. How do you take that picture when you're by yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, this is a great tip for anybody who fishes by themselves. And you see these selfies, it's so hard to take a selfie with any decent sized fish. And nobody wants to bring a selfie stick. I feel like those have kind of gone out of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have tripods everywhere in my life uh, <laughs> just because I, I use them for various things. I was actually shooting a commercial, kind of an ad for 
the Dakota Angler Ice Institute, an ice fishing show coming up in early November down in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I already had my camera on the tripod. I had just finished it. And so I was ready to go. I didn't have that fish out of the water very long at all. It was a quick picture. And when you put your phone on the tripod, you can run a timer on it. If you don't know how to do that, just Google it. And then you can take the picture of yourself. You can see on the screen exactly what it's going to look like and get that fish back quick. Yeah, because, you know, otherwise you're telling people, you've seen the 29-inch, or I got to, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> exactly. To have a beautiful picture like that. And what a gorgeous evening. It's flat, calm, beautiful sunset. Uh, yeah. But you can actually, you can even get wireless releases for your phone. They're just Bluetooth. You can order them off of Amazon. You can go that route. Uh, but the tripods are really economical, and you can get about any size that you could ever imagine. You can even get small ones that grip onto, like, handlebars of snowmobiles or onto the windshield of your boat. So it doesn't take up much space for storage, and they're really handy to have. Cool. Well, that was a beautiful fish to catch. But in general, uh, as you've been fishing throughout the fall, how's the bite been? It's been really good. Uh, you know, each fall we see, uh, you know, if you go back and fish memories from the prior fall, you might get them and you might not. What we see from walleyes in our area is one of two things. We either see fish on the weed line or out deep in the flats, and, and recently they've been out deep in the flats. Now, don't get me wrong, there are times where those fish will go up shallow into those existing weeds that are still green and healthy, like cabbage weed, where you can throw swim baits and, and have just a, a really great time. Uh, but those windows are, are typically pretty small, uh, but that deep water bite is usually a lot of fun. And we're talking depths anywhere from about 22 to about 30 feet of water. We don't usually get them deeper than 30 feet. Um, and they're just out there roaming, sometimes feeding on Cisco and Tulabi, sometimes other bait fish. Uh, the one thing to be aware of this time of year are the loons mm. because they get very aggressive. Those young-of-the-year birds that haven't taken off and migrated yet, uh, those, those birds get really aggressive, especially if you're using a minnow as live bait. They won't typically bother anything else that you're using. Um, but you, you could potentially have an interaction. One thing I do a lot is if I have a loon that's kind of hanging around the boat this time of the year, I just find a different spot to fish. But those birds that are even migrating down from Canada or from the northern part of the state as they make their migration to the Gulf of Mexico over to the Great Lakes and then 2,500 miles, um, they will stop at lakes that have Cisco and Tulabi. That's, that's an important part of their, their food. And if you're fishing on one of those lakes, it's highly likely that you're going to be fishing around one. So just give it some space. And if you do hook one, just stay calm. Uh, a lot of times the, the hook might be right in the beak, and if you fight it long enough, it'll cut the line. And uh, a lot of times they get rid of that hook, and it's not fatal. So, uh, so yeah, okay. just be, be aware of your surroundings more than anything. What are you fishing for mainly this fall? Uh, we are typically targeting walleyes in the fall. Now, granted, the largemouth bass bite is always fantastic. The crappie bite, we venture out and, and chase some of those crappies. And a lot of times, uh, finding crappies in the fall, are they're basin fish. They're fish that are out suspended deeper. And you have to be really careful with, with barotrauma. If you're finding crappies in 40 feet of water, every fish that you bring up is going to die. So... You know, you don't just want to sit on top of those schools and keep catching them and throwing them back because a lot of times they'll swim away from the boat, but a few minutes later they'll come up to the surface and they're not going to survive. So I'm really selective about where I fish the crappies. Uh, of course, northern pike are a lot of fun, and you can't. You can't 
not at least try a little bit for muskies. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It's, it's the best time of the year to catch a gigantic muskie. you got to at least go give it a rip. Well, I, yeah, I think, I mean, if you're not into hunting and you're going to be fishing in the fall anyway, you, you should at least try muskies once because that's the time, right? I know, I know people that have shot a buck in the morning and gotten it soon enough that then they went out musky fishing in the afternoon and got a musky. How can you top that? <laughs> That's that pretty... is difficult from a sports person's point of view. That is really tough to top. That is. Absolutely. And, and I think in general, you know, you talk about going for walleyes in the fall. Why Again, why not? That's the time they're aggressive. For those who don't have the patience to fish them the rest of the year, this is the time you'll get good walleye bites, and then, uh, you know, you can uh, have a couple of walleye meals. Absolutely, and of course the water is you know, cold right now. We're looking at water temperatures below 50, high 40s. We're going to be in the mid-40s in no time. We're not far off from ice. You realize that. We are not mm. far off from ice. So when you're going out and fishing anything right now, it's really important that you take care of your engine because you don't want any water to be left in there and freeze overnight. What I always do when I get back to the access, I make sure absolutely all water is out, which you need to do every day anyway. But I'll take one extra precaution when my boat's on the trailer, I will start it for, oh, 20 seconds or so, just enough to make sure all of the water is out of the water pump, to make sure all of the water is out down by the prop. And I leave it hanging down for an extended period of time. I wanna make sure there's absolutely zero water in there uh, that could do any damage to my boat. And in the fall, there are even times where I won't run my live well pumps. When we get late enough into the season, I'll just bring a cooler or a five-gallon bucket along for any fish that I want to keep, uh, just because I don't want to risk anything freezing up at that time of year. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I do care about the climate, and I'm not big on climate change, and I'm concerned. That being said, I'm also selfish, and if we never had another ice fishing season in, in northern Minnesota, I would be fine with it. <laughs> you know, Tim, there are a lot of people uh, that share that sentiment that, you know, really a lot of people from Minnesota ice fish because they're just waiting for open water. Yep. It's to kind of get through the year. I'm not one of those. I love ice fishing, and it has absolutely exploded. Oh, yes, it has. Um, it's It's crazy how many people have kind of discovered that that sport or pastime that didn't grow up doing it whereas i grew up doing it all the time but um you know a couple things to consider too uh one is with this water temperature being really cold right now uh if you're going out in a boat wear a life jacket i mean just be diligent about it if you're going out in a duck boat wear a life jacket you know i a lot of people don't know this but i actually used to be a lifeguard when i was in college and one of the things that they taught us in life-saving class was if the water is 50 degrees, you have a 50% chance of swimming 50 yards hmm. or you're going to become hypothermic and then it's going to be really difficult and you have a chance of, you know, a fatality. So wear those life jackets. And if you have kids, talk to your kids about never, ever going onto the ice without you. And yeah. I have this talk with my kindergarten class every single year. Do not go out onto the ice without your parents because as we get later into fall and some of these small ponds freeze it's inviting for a young kid to you know oh i threw a rock out there i should be able to walk out there make sure that they are aware that that's not okay and the other thing is to be aware of your pets because 
you know, if you have a, a wild animal, say a, a muskrat or something, that can easily run across the ice and your 100-pound dog goes chasing after it, it's, it's a really sad deal. So if you live on a lake or a pond or anything like that, keep a watchful eye out. Good point. Had, you know, stuff you don't think of. Um, but you know what? You're talking about kids. I mean, growing up adults find themselves stranded on ice because they just can't wait till it's safe. Yeah, and I mean, you do have to, to think. I mean, I, I was thinking about this last night as I was out in the boat, actually, that with the number of people that ice fish in, in Minnesota, it's, I, I don't want to say it's surprising, it's actually kind of a celebration that we don't have more incidents than we do. Yeah. Because if you looked at how many things happen, of course, when somebody breaks off on an ice sheet on Red Lake, it makes the news and people are upset and why didn't why weren't they more careful and you know things like that but if you look at the percentage of times that something like that happens or that a, a vehicle goes through the ice in comparison to the number of ice anglers we have it's low it's really mm-hmm. low well i know you are a big fan of ice fishing in fact you've got an ice po- podcast going on now yeah i'm really excited about this so with uh, clam outdoors we have a group that's called Ice Team, and Ice Team has been around for a long time, um, and it really is all-encompassing. Anybody who ice fishes, guess what? You're on the Ice Team. It's just everybody with a common interest, a common goal to enjoy and teach others about ice fishing, and that's what the goal of the podcast is. So Matt Johnson uh, and I are, are the co-hosts, and we won't be together during this. We, we were for our initial first podcast. Um, but from now on out, we'll be interviewing all kinds of different people in the industry, uh, people from the DNR, even, you know, everyday anglers that have interesting stories that we want to share with you with the ultimate goal of making everybody better at ice fishing and to give some laughs and hear some stories along the way. So you can find that, the Ice Team podcast, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. Okay. About, and about how often is that going to be up with a new episode? You know, we don't have necessarily a set schedule. It's not like every Monday night this is going to come out, but it's pretty much going to be weekly. And as we get through the ice season, we don't know what's going to happen yet. We don't know if that will continue and, and talk things. Maybe we'll be talking ice in the summer. We really don't have a plan for that. The other thing is, we don't know exactly what direction this podcast is going to go. Uh, I think a lot of it we're going to determine as we go. Okay. Well, kind, and of, so- kind of, kind of like, kind of like our interview tonight. Kevin, <laughs> or any time that you talk on the radio, you just start talking, and then whatever comes out, that's what it is. Right? Yeah, that's how radio works. Yeah, it's pretty much winging it all the time. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, uh, that's that's one of the things I used to always have a list of questions, and then I got enough. I knew enough people like you and Rylander and all those guys that I have on the show now that I just realized these people are smart. I just have to wing it, and then they'll wing it, and the next thing you know, it'll be forty-five minutes. Yeah, time goes so fast <laughs> when you're talking. Oh, when when Matt Johnson and I did our first Ice Team podcast, it went ninety minutes. Whoa! And I thought I thought who on earth is going to listen to a ninety-minute podcast? And you wouldn't believe all of the feedback that I've gotten on it from people saying, I, I got an email today from a guy out in Utah who said, oh, you need, really need to come out here and fish for eel pout with me. And he said, I honestly am a five to seven minute podcast guy. And he said, I listened through the whole thing. Really? That's oh, impressive. 
I thought so. Well, speaking of uh, podcasts, you also have an ice, uh, several ice shows you're getting ready for. Yeah, and it's starting quick. Uh, this weekend already is the North Metro Ice Show down in Ramsey. Um, I know a lot of people up in the North Country here in Paul Bunyan Country probably aren't going to make that trek, but if you happen to be down there for some reason and you want to scratch that itch for ice fishing, that's already starting up. And then uh, second weekend in November, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, at the Sioux Arena and Convention Center, uh, Sioux Falls Arena and Convention Center, and that's the Dakota Angler Ice Institute, and that's a great event because that's all, sem- I mean, there's so many seminars. All these people that you hear on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country mm-hmm. are probably going to be there talking about fishing. I mean, a lot of them are. Um, and then, of course, you've got the Fargo Ice Show. You've got the St. Paul Ice Show. Now, if you don't like traveling outside of, you know, the Bemidji-ish area, and I've, I'm always surprised that Bemidji doesn't have some type of big ice show, but really, they don't need it. <laughs> because every everybody already lives here. They're going to all these wonderful bait shops that we've got in the area, whether you're in Bemidji or going up to Black Duck, coming down here to Park Rapids. You can get a good deal on ice fishing equipment, especially as we you know approach the holidays. There's always sales going on. So you know we just kind of live that life every day. We don't need a big event to celebrate it once a year. That's true. That's very true. I, I think people continue to be surprised at how passionate and how many people actually, uh, you know, are fishing in South Dakota. But there's great walleye waters there, and there's a lot of a lot of great fish to be caught. Yeah, not just walleye down in South Dakota. Uh, you're talking about big bluegills. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that. Uh, a lot of jumbo perch, white bass. You know, my, the first white bass I ever caught was down in South Dakota, and it's a fun fish to tangle with. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity down there, and not only for fishing. Boy, the hunting. If you like to hunt pheasants or ducks, or man, there's a lot to explore. Well, and then you mentioned uh, a Women Anglers of Minnesota event coming up, too. Yeah, that's actually this Saturday, um, and that's going to be down in the metro area. Halloween costume party, there's mm-hmm. swap meet, there's games uh, for kids. And the Women Anglers of Minnesota, I think it's such a great organization. There's right around 1,000 members now. Um, that organization is really you know, empowering women to explore the outdoors and be independent with it. So I've always thought that organization is great. They've come here several times to Park Rapids to have tournaments on Fishhook Lake, and I've gotten to speak at several events. I'll be down at that event this weekend on Saturday, even though i got to tell you, Kevin, it's going to be a little bit hard for me because did you look at the weather? <laughs> it is it is sit-in-the-boat kind of weather this Yes, weekend. yes, it is. <laughs> and it might be some of the last we see like that for the uh, entire fall. Yeah. Well, and then the following weekend is, of course, the, uh, the deer opener, which you will not be participating in, so I presume... Something involving fishing will be happening. My dad and I have a tradition of going out on the opening day of deer season, and we'll probably go and chase crappies or maybe walleyes. I haven't decided. Uh, But, yeah, we won't be uh, the people in the woods dressed in orange, but we'll definitely enjoy hearing the stories from from friends and family that do hunt. I, I, You know, it's not that I don't enjoy the idea of hunting. I just don't like the whole taking part in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the field dressing and the 
processing the deer and the setting the stands. And every time I'm in the woods, I think, gosh, I'd really like to be on the water right now. Yeah. But for those who do it, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. And what a great way for families to come together. I, I think of all the stories that are shared at deer camp that you might only hear once a year, but they yep. come up every single year at deer camp. What a great tradition. Yes. Absolutely. It, it, it means so much to people, just like, you know, opening a fishing means so much to people. Well, Kev, do you like venison? I do. Fortunately, my, my son-in-law goes deer hunting and gives me some. Yeah, I'm the same way. I have friends that say, uh, we can't fit it all in the freezer, so I feel like I don't need to go. <laughs> I, I get all the venison I want. Yeah. Uh, works out for me. Jason Durham continues to hunt for fish. We'll continue that conversation. I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better-looking Jason, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. Time to resume the conversation with Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service, who loves fall fishing. And Jason, obviously, in order to make fall fishing fun, you've got to be able to stay warm. What are you using? I mean, the, the whole uh, outerwear industry has changed dramatically to make it more feasible. But, but what do you like, and what are you using to stay warm in the fall? You know, I do a couple of different things. Uh, one is, like, Okay, for instance, tomorrow I'm guiding, and the people that are coming out with me are from North Carolina. Now, you can tell someone from North Carolina to dress like it's winter or that they're going skiing or camping in the winter, but their winters are a lot different. And when you get out on the water, just about any time of year, it's a good 10 to 15 degrees cooler than it is on land, or at least it feels that way. So this time of year, I'm always wearing an underlayer and not cotton. You don't okay. want cotton against your skin. So it's some type of polyester or polyester wool blend. Um, I really like, and I'm a clam person, so I really like the ice armor gear. Um, and that's what I'm wearing as my underlayer. Then I'm just wearing a pair of jeans. I have that underlayer on top, too, with a sweatshirt. And then what I love right now is the blackfish gear. So blackfish is made uh, for people in the outdoors. It's sun protection, it's rain protection, it's weather protection. And they have some garments that um, have a material that's called storm skin that is ultra warm. The inside of it is really, really fuzzy. It's almost like lamb's wool. And then the exterior is super soft, but it's 100% rainproof. 
I mean, how can you go wrong with that? Something right. that's really, really warm and additionally rainproof. Um, or I'll just wear my ice armor ice gear. And a lot of people do that in the winter, that they'll take their ice suits and wear that out in the boat. But you cannot have enough clothes when you go out. I, I don't care if you're sitting in the stand or you're sitting in the boat. Overestimate what you're going to need. Um, and then the, the other thing that I always, always do, I wear gloves when I fish. And people say, well, how do you feel the bite? You just do, and you watch your rod tip, too. You watch your, you're always watching your line. You're always watching your rod tip. It's not that hard to fish with gloves on. And I always have hand warmers with. My, the circulation of my hands just aren't great. And I love having hand warmers in my boots. I love having them in my gloves. And if I don't need them, you put them in your pockets. Uh, but what a perfect asset to have with. And have been known to put a patio heater in my boat, uh, just like you'd see at restaurants. But I don't always do that. <laughs> That's a sometimes thing, not an all-the-time thing. Yeah. Kind of like Cookie Monster with his cookies. Cookies <laughs> are a sometimes thing, not an all-the-time thing. Oh, man. And then it goes, like you mentioned, it's going to be ice fishing season. And uh, and then the next thing you know, it's going to be eel pout season, which is one of your oh, favorites. Oh, 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 oh. So get this. One of our guides down here in Park Rapids, TJ Erickson, who I know you've had on the show before. Mm-hmm. TJ is just a great guy. He was out fishing this last weekend and um, drove over a few fish that were suspended really deep. And, I mean, suspended high. And he thought, you know, I'm just going to check and see if I can figure out what this is, what this fish is. And he caught it. It was an eel pout. No. Suspended super high between two points. Really? Well, then he kept driving. He saw another one. So he tried it again. It was another eel pout. So, you know, there's a lot that we don't understand about that fish species. And anglers with the electronics that they have nowadays, you know, having occurrences like that, we're starting to understand more and more about the species. But every species of fish, even though we've been researching them forever, there's still times that they do things that just don't really follow the rules or what you would predict. I always joke, you know, I've been fishing my entire life, and there's still days that they outsmart me. (laughs) And I think anybody could say that, 100%. I got to ask this question too. Um, so, why would anybody from North Carolina come to Minnesota now? Great question, and this is something I see uh, repeatedly: is that they move here. Oh, this is this is the North Country is an amazing place to live, and I I never ever take it for granted. Um, I promote it like mad because I think it truly is the greatest place on earth. Um, so yeah, they're they're moving up here and. I got messages from them all summer long about, uh, you know, I see a place for sale on this lake. What do you think of this lake? And he actually bought a business here, so he's relocating from North Carolina. I couldn't tell you how many guide clients that I've had over the years, uh, especially upon retirement, have decided this is where we want to live full time. Or at least for the summer months and winter down in Arizona (laughs) or Florida. Uh, But it's beautiful when it's warm. Well, I, I agree that this is about the best place on earth to live, but still, if I was going to choose a time to experience it, probably wouldn't be now. Probably would have been about a few weeks ago, you know. <laughs> oh, you know, like September-ish is always oh. great, but I do I do like this time of year. I like when you have these days that you get a stretch of some really cold days, but then all of a sudden the atmosphere opens up and you get like a 65 or 70 degree day, and you just yeah. see everybody's mood change and their spirits are uplifted and it's magical 
That is true. Yes. But there's a difference this time of year. Okay. Yeah. After the winter, when we've had 20 and 30 below like crazy, when we hit 40 degrees, people are walking around without jackets. Yeah. But this time of year, <laughs> when you hit 40 degrees, <laughs> people are walking around like it's January. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a fact. Yep. That's a fact. <laughs> So do you do any guiding over the ice uh, season, or is that just uh, fun fishing for you? No, I actually do guide on the ice. And, um, you know, I have, talking about people that come up from warmer climates, I have people that come up from uh, a lot of southern states to ice fish because they want to experience it, and they've fallen in love with it. The advantage for them is they come up and ice fish for a few days, and then they go back home to where it's warm. Yeah. So it's not like it's burdening that they're putting up with the entire winter of shoveling and plowing and getting stuck and having wet feet for what seems like months. Uh, they can join it, uh, enjoy it in a, a small sample of it and then go back to where it's warm. But I love taking people out ice fishing. We chase uh, sunfish, crappies, walleyes, northern pike. Um, even sometimes we'll target bass through the ice. Uh, I love sight fishing. I love cutting big spear holes so people can see. And it's amazing how many people have never angled through a spear hole where you can see in these super clear lakes. You can see the fish come in just like you're watching TV. Yeah. And you, you just you learn so much about their behavior, and it's so enjoyable to do. Uh, I'd encourage anybody to do it. But when you do that, you have to be really careful about marking that territory afterwards because you are liable for any hazard that you create on the ice. You're liable if somebody gets hurt. Mm. So, you know, making sure to mark that well so it can freeze over solid so there's, uh, you know, no instances afterwards. Right. That is a really cool experience, though. It really is. Yeah, and we we don't spearfish uh, in general. But I did have a guy that came up from Iowa last year who had never speared a northern pike, and he really wanted to try it. And and so we did it. And, and we had a great time. Uh, but usually we're we're doing a lot of catch and release in the winter. And I know there's a lot of anglers that harvest quite a bit in the winter uh, simply because it's easy to throw them out on the ice, let them freeze and take them home, let them thaw out and clean them up. Uh, but we do quite a bit of catch and release and just kind of plan with the fish more than anything. Well, listen, um, if people are thinking, hey, ice fishing with Jason sounds fun, uh, how can they get something lined up with you? Oh, you can always find me on my cell phone which is area code 218-252-2278. You can find me on my website, go-fish-guides.com, or you can find me on social media, Jason Durham, either on Instagram or on Facebook. You can just do a Google search, Fishing Guides in Park Rapids, and you'll run across me. And if you don't run across me, you'll run across one of our other great guides here in the Park Rapids area who are absolutely fantastic. All right, Jason, before we wrap it up, we got to do a fast five with you. Yes. I got some great questions. I think they're great questions. So, <laughs> Of course you do. Are you ready? You're, Kev, you're your biggest fan. <laughs> of course you think they're good. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, somebody's got to like me. All right. Question. Like <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Three. Four. Fast five. Question number one. What is your favorite pizza topping? Mushroom. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that. If I could, it, sausage mushroom is awesome, but even just mushrooms, love it. All right. 
Question number two, speaking of pizza pie, pie or cake? Cake, hands down. Pie is awful. No offense to anybody who's a pie baker or anything, but uh, I don't like the crust. I just, I've wow. never liked pie. Give me a cake. My, my parents, both of them, make this amazing cake. It's called Crazy Cake, and it is chocolate cake with chocolate frosting, and it's kept. It's very moist. Well, that's that... the only time you can use that word legitimately. The cake <laughs> is very moist. Yes. <laughs> that is the only time it sounds good. I'd say it's the moistest cake I've ever had. Really? Crazy cake? Yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. Wow. All right, question number three. What was the first fish you ever caught? I'm sure it was a sunfish. You know, my parents started taking me out when I was really young. And we were talking about ice fishing. I remember at three years old, and I remember a lot from when I was really, really young, but sitting on the edge of a, a spear hole where I had this little wooden box that was my perch, and my feet would dangle over the hole. And I remember when, like, a snowmobile would come by and the ice would crack, and I'd run out of the, the fish house hyperventilating because I was terrified. But yet, I'd go back in, and everything was good. And I'm still doing it, so it any, worked. Any idea on what uh, lake that might have been where you caught your first fish? Yeah, Lake Beltane. Oh, okay, okay. And probably quite young. Oh, I would say just a couple years old. I mean, my parents started taking me out in the boat when in a picnic basket. Oh, okay. And they, and they they would have my sister and I fishing with, um, you know, rods and reels and lines, but without hooks on them, maybe just a bobber on or something like that. That's how we started. I, I still see kids start like that. And, and you were one of those savants. I mean, you started guiding when you were what? 15. 15. Wow. So it's been a good 10 years? It's been a good run, Kev. 30 years. This 30? Is 30th year. My 30th anniversary. Well, wow. I was going to, you know, I was trying to let you claim, you know, youth, but you went ahead and told the truth. I you know, <laughs> try to be honest. <laughs> good for you. Three decades. That's forever. That's, yeah. I think about, I think about my friend. We used to go fishing with their dad, and they would say things like, oh, you know, we used to catch fish over in this area 25, 30 years ago. And now I find myself saying that. <laughs> I'm the old guy now. Well, you don't look it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Well, as an, as an older guy, you, you will probably get this reference. Uh, so question number four, Ginger or Marianne? Oh, he's a ginger. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hands down. I thought you'd maybe like Marianne because she was, you know, an outdoors gal, go fishing with you. The hair. <laughs> the hair gets me every time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Slam dunk. Okay. Question number five. ACDC or Alabama? Oh, well... Here's the thing. I don't like to limit myself in my music genres because I love music. I love music so much. It's a huge part of my life. When I did my master's research project, when I, when I did my master's degree, my research project was the, the effect of music on student behavior in my classroom. And I, I played in a band for a few years. Oh, really? Yeah. So I play music in my classroom every day. I play guitar every single day in my kindergarten classroom. Uh, so I'm going to say both. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Some people, you know, they can they, they like everything. But let me let me make this just one thing. 
Okay. You get you gotta pick one to get you pumped up for a fishing trip. Oh, easy. That's easy. Dude. Yeah. That's 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 kind of it for me too. If I need to be pumped up, it's got to be ACDC. You're thinking Thunderstruck right off the bat. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Where I would choose something like Eminem. Lose yourself. That'd be a good one. It just gets you going. Theme from Rocky. I have one for I have one for you then, Kev. I just have one one fast one question for you. Okay. What did you get me for Christmas? Um um <laughs> it's okay. Um. We have we have several shopping days left <laughs> that you can acquire that perfect gift for me. I can't wait. You know what? Here's the thing with a guy like you. You know, there's an obvious road you could go down, but you've got everything. So you should see the gifts that I get from uh, my family because they they know my sense of humor and everything. Like last year for my sister, I got 10 miniature hands that you can put on one on each finger. (laughs) So then it looks like you have 10 mini hands. It's amazing. That's the kind of stuff that gets me excited. Okay. Because I was going to say, I could get you fishing stuff, but you've got everything. You've got stuff that hasn't even been released yet. So I will tell you honestly, if you're looking to shop for... Uh, somebody who enjoys the outdoors in your life and you think, ah, they've got everything or whatever. They don't. And and it doesn't even matter if it's something that they have. It might be something that you picked out that makes it really special. I actually hardly ever get outdoor gadgets. Really? Yeah, it's very, very uncommon. And I think it's because people go, oh, well, he has everything. I got a really, really nice top-of-the-line reel one year for Father's Day for my stepson. And it was, I mean, I almost cried. It was so special to me. Or uh, my grandfather, uh, every year for my birthday, used to give me one of his old wooden lures from his tackle box and tell me the story about it. That is pretty special. Yeah. Don't shy away from outdoor gifts. Okay. Good advice. Right. Holiday season's coming. Hey, Jason, anything else before we wrap it up today? I don't think so, Kev. <laughs> we covered a I lot. Think, I, think we, I think we've done a good job of... Uh, really uh, giving people a feel of the, the pulse of the outdoors currently. Well, he's Jason Durham from Go Fish Guide Service. And again, Jason, if they want to see what you're all about, where can they go? Uh, you can find me on my phone, 218-252-2278. You can find me on my website, go-fish-guides.com. Or you can find me on social media, Facebook or Instagram, Jason Durham. You'll track me down. Jason, great to have you. Thanks for taking the time. Kev, as always, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm